Hey, welcome to the Product Leadership Podcast from Lighthouse London, where we talk about how to validate, launch and maintain successful digital products with product owners, innovators, digital experts and founders. Lighthouse London are a digital design and product development team who spent the last 10 years helping people conceive, build and steer digital products. You can find out more about us and more podcast episodes at wearelighthouse.com. Enjoy the show. Hi everyone, I'm Dan and I'm here today with Tom. Hey. Uh. And I've got a question to ask you today, Tom. Oh, okay. And that is, what would happen if you hired the world's best designer? Oh, wow. Actually, let me rephrase that because actually it's more a question I like to ask the people we work with. Okay. Um, and that's what would happen if they hired the world's best designer. Um, now, you're the world's best designer, Tom. Yeah, of course, everyone knows well, that. you were, anyway. Yeah, but I gave up. I was too good. <laughs> you, you, you were, I'd, until the accident. <laughs> um, but the the question, we like to ask this of clients because, basically, a lot of people think that what's missing from their company is just the, the raw talent. Like, they don't understand design, and they think, I'll get a designer, and then our design will be amazing. Yeah. Um, and we don't think it works like that. No, no, they think uh, I've got a design problem, hire the best designer, problem solved. Simple as that. Exactly. Um, uh-uh. <laughs> wrong. Yeah, we don't think it works like that, basically, because it's not actually about talent. And the question we ask is what would happen if you hired the world's best designer is to then show that actually they wouldn't get good design done without the right things in place. Um, there's two parts really to this. We're kind of thinking about what it is a designer does and does an organisation understand that? Yep. And then secondly, is does that organisation have the processes in place to allow the world's greatest designer to, to do, do their, their best work? work? Exactly. Do they understand what a designer does? I yeah, I think a lot of people don't, no. actually. Um, and that can lead to, you know, problems because it's the expectations of what a designer is going to do for you i think a lot of people feel that design is linked to how, it, how something looks mm-hmm. and their perception is i hire an amazing designer and everything will look amazing yeah um the problem with that being you know that's a very subjective goal um we all know that you know when we go around different people's opinions of things different people think different things about different designs and when you're trying to please one person, you kind of instinctively know you're not doing great design work. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, is that designer going to produce something that looks amazing? Well, it depends who you are, but you really shouldn't be hiring someone basically to make things that you like to look at. They're not just going to make things look amazing. Well, they might, but actually that's not the... That, that doesn't get you what you need. Completely. The the things you want them to solve are like the interface problems of your product. You want them to kind of understand users yep. and you want them to then create value for your product by improving the design of it. And I think people, even if they understand that, okay, fine, it's not just about making it look pretty, picking the right colours. I think there's still a sense that a designer is just going to come and sit there and go into a room, come out a week later with a beautiful mm. redesign of a, of a product interface. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that, that we've seen that time and time again when we've been hired or seen other people working on projects that the, the idea is that you come along, the designer does their, their thing, they're incredible, they work on their own, work in the silo, 
um, they'll solve all your problems without much uh, input and help from you. And it it almost feeds back to the concept of spec work, doesn't it? Like, mm. you know, when you get asked to produce design before you've even won work, yeah. you know, that really suggests that someone thinks that your design problems can be solved without really knowing anything about your business. Like design problems are these kind of universal things that a, a good designer is just going to be able to go, yeah. yep, you know, you've got that button in the wrong place. Uh yeah, navigation's too big and... <laughs> and logo's too small. Yeah, yeah, and you need more colours. <laughs> Always more colours. <laughs> more colours. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it, that, um, you know, any designer can fix, or any good designer can fix anything just by some visuals. You know, there's, there's nothing more to it than that. But actually, design is a process. There's lots to think about. Good design comes from evaluating and understanding problems rather than just knowing what looks good aesthetically. I guess it is because there are also some sort of design patterns aren't there there are there are actually some things that you can look at without going completely contradicting what i was just thinking about Uh-oh. you can <laughs> which is another great skill of a designer <laughs> by the way um yeah there are some things like best practices and things that you can put forward but really that's surface layer stuff like if you're hiring in the world's greatest designer you don't just want them to do like bog standard oh, of course you know usability improvements of things you want them to actually make a a big difference well i mean de- definitely someone can turn up uh, and design a product or a website that looks amazing you know like if you're a very good designer you can make something that is world class from a design mm-hmm. and aesthetic point of view but it's the difference when you're getting the world's best designer for them to do a very good job to do an, you know, an amazing job, which really gives you the value of, of employing that person. Completely. I think and that, you know, the word value is really important there because what a designer is going to want to do by solving those problems is create value for you. You know, they want the product to be more valuable to the user and to the business. While they're going, they want to create an efficiency in how design's done as well. You know, no, no one wants to keep going back around again on things they'll want to document how things work so that the design process can become faster in the future and really to do all that they need to understand the goals of the business like you know i suppose to put it succinctly they to to deliver value they need to understand what value is for the business Mm -hmm. it's just so key that the role of a designer is understood when someone invests in getting a designer in yeah because otherwise how will you evaluate them how will you know you're getting value from them to talk about documentation and and what a designer would expect to leave you with um if you employ the world's best designer and they do their work and disappear then what are you left with you know (sighs) if if they've come along and done a good job which they would want to that documentation the design systems they create um you know all that learning that's happened then goes back into your business and you can use it yeah so that's what a good um, design team will, will deliver you can then go and hire the world's second best designer or third. to take over. I mean, you could fit. You could uh, write down to ten, you twenty. Could, you could save money by going into the the late teens. <laughs> I mean, why not? With a, with a great design system, yeah. I mean, it's paint by numbers, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, this is Russ. Uh, recently, we've been helping our clients overcome huge, complex problems using design sprints. Um, it's a really interesting tool for us to to get in a room with a client, you know, share this this big workspace and come up with lots of ideas um, and solutions for big problems. Um, if that sounds like something that you could be interested in, uh, head over to wearelighthouse.com for more. Cool. So that so that's thing number one. Got to understand what a designer does to get the best out of them. Then, even understanding what a designer does, the other thing that happens when we when we land on projects or speak to designers that have gone into gone into businesses that weren't ready, is 
do you have a process internally that allows them to do their best work, which will be the world's best design by you know, de facto because they are the world's best designer? Do you have a process which allows them to do that? So you only get to that by having a good solid process underneath. Mm, completely, because otherwise they'll just you know they'll they won't be able to do anything. Yeah, you know, they'll be they'll be frustrated, um, and you were paying a lot of money because they're not cheap. No, there's a hefty price tag. Completely. For someone to be frustrated, and that's only going to go one way, the hiring of this person will be seen as a failure. They might even get blamed. And what we know is not going to come out at the end of that, you know, employment tribunals, all those sorts of things. <laughs> what we know isn't going to come out at the end of that is good design. Yeah. So, you know, what, what are the important things about process? Well, it really depends business to business, right? Mm-hmm. The kind of key shape of things for me would be have you got someone that can explain what's required? Like, is there a brief for what you're trying mm-hmm. to do? Like, why you've got this person? Um, is there a sense of priorities? Like, essentially, have you communicated to them, like, what's important? What's going to deliver values or saying before? Is that well documented? Has it been decided on? It seems obvious when you say mm-hmm. that. And most people probably be sitting there saying, of course, we've got that. We, you know, we're really good at this kind of thing. But we speak from experience and actually getting a good brief out of people is quite rare. You know, we, we do get them every now and then. And that's fantastic when, when they arrive. But more often than not, we're having to pick apart. Um, you know, these are complex problems you're generally trying mm. to solve. Certainly when it comes to, you know, UX, UI design for products, uh, websites can be really complicated as well, but they're, they're potentially slightly easier. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of exploration that we will usually do just in the phone calls leading up to, to kicking off a project with a new client. There's so much to unpack that, um, that most people just don't even realize what, what a, yeah. a, a designer needs to know or just haven't thought about the sort of, um, you know, assets that are really handy to create to allow someone to do great work. Well, and, and, and a second issue is you do have good briefs, but you've got three or four of them from different people mm. and there is no singular voice, right? You yeah. Know, you, you have the marketing department that wants more you know, users onto the site. You've got the engineering department that wants an easier to implement design. Yeah, you've got, there's no sense of whose who's voice is loudest, what's, yep. no singular vision for what for what the plan is. And certainly when you've got a, a designer or a design team sitting there listening to all those voices, it'll be very hard for them to know who they should um, should listen to. Mm. And in most instances, they'll listen to the most senior person, yep. which is, you know, that can be quite dangerous as well. Yeah, completely. Well, it, it, again, it, it may not lead to the optimum outcome. Then there's kind of an issue, I suppose, that actually feeds into that of, of sign-off. Mm-hmm. Like we were, you know, I think it's probably what we just covered. But like, what is the process that they're going to use to do their work? So they've got a brief. They're going to do an iteration or a wireframe or some piece of work. Then what happens to that? Who's going to say it's ready? Like, is it mm-hmm. the dev team? Is it the like what you need a process around how that work gets from them into the into a live environment how, yep. it, how it goes and gets built and that needs to be there and needs to be consistent if you've got a well-defined process for sign off and, and amends that's great because again you know that that should be quite quick uh, you should be able to give feedback succinctly to, to your design team or your designer uh, they should understand that and then they can make those changes easily but if you've got say three different teams all coming at it from a different angle not talking to each other your feedback's going to be all over the place and that designer will get confused very very quickly 
Um, so that you know, it's just so important to have a um, a well structured feedback process that involves everyone that needs to be involved because that's really important. You know, the, the dev team should be giving feedback if they're a part of it. The marketing team should also be giving mm-hmm. feedback. It's really important that um, that all those people have a voice, but there needs to be some way of managing that to to make the to make sure that the project doesn't spiral out of control or just turn into complete confusion. Tom here. We've been working with a bunch of larger clients recently to build bespoke digital upskilling programs. This is usually creative workshops where we come in, help people understand top skills that they can use in their everyday work life that many of the main startups and entrepreneurs around the world will use. If you want to find out more, head over to wearelighthouse.com. I think there's also, and, and this is always a difficult one, and you can tell it's difficult by the amount of products out there that attempt to solve this problem, but it's really important to have like a central source of knowledge of the the product, the business, the users. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some way, some way of saying, well, here's here's the decisions we made on this product and the design of this product, and here's why we did them, because a designer is going to need to learn that know that history and then as they move forward update that history Mm -hmm. with how things are so that's things like you know we're talking about a design system you know that's something a designer if you if you haven't got one um a designer's probably going to want to create one um but if you have got one make sure it's somewhere that people can see because otherwise you've wasted time making it and and that it's not been created two years ago well, yes and, and again all your libraries have fallen out of date and that's not been updated i mean if you're going to do this stuff you've got to see that as a an ongoing concern something that's like a living breathing document that does get updated as things change as as they should and will having some way of storing that knowledge um and the things that have been learned about users because you know i've been in places where you find out about two months into a project that oh we did a usability test on this product six months before you arrived and fine some of that may not be relevant anymore but make sure it's somewhere that people people can see it and data as well you know you've got google analytics and things like that make sure this designer knows where they are they know where to go when they want to learn things who to speak to we always record our user interviews for instance Mm -hmm. and you know when we deliver that to a client that those recordings will be given to them in a in a place where they can store that and and refer back to it now most people will be mad to listen to them all because there's there's Mm -hmm. no point we summarize that stuff and you know hand over the, the insights but just having that stuff on file you know like you say coming back a year later or a couple of years later like having a a place to store all your assets all the um you know all the important work you've done it's just really really important to not lose it all and as well as having kind of knowledge of the past you've got to give your designer knowledge of where things are going you know there's no point having strategy sessions or in the board meeting an entire new direction for the products decided and then that's kept from your designer because they are going to be making decisions around how a product is is designed, put together. And if they know where things are going, they can make those decisions appropriate appropriate to that. You know, I think, again, just suddenly dropping on someone, oh, you know, we're going to do an app of this. If you'd have had that somewhere out in the open, documented, that that's on the six-month roadmap, mm. you get people thinking about it earlier and you get a more efficient design. Um, again, you extract more value out of that design. That yeah, I mean, the, the we, we've seen in the past, uh, you know, UX and, and design being an afterthought that comes from a development roadmap. 
So you know the dev team and the the, the you know the senior team or the the product managers would plan what's happening next for a system, and then it just gets handed off to the um, design department to to make that feature look nice. But actually, you know they'll be invested in your product. They'll understand a lot about the user. So you should involve them earlier on to to get their input into where this product might actually go. If I was going to sum up what you need, because as I say, process differs, different businesses different teams the process is going to be different so you can't really prescribe exactly how this works but i'd say kind of as a goal you basically want to give your designer the most information you can and let them find out that information as well so give them the freedom to speak to people tell them who to speak to who's important um tell them what's happened tell them where you're going tell them what you want to what change you want to see because they're there to give them all that information tell them their constraints as well yeah you know, that's really important. Completely. Tell them we can't do anything that will lose this type of user and they use that type of feature. You know, give them that information. Give give them the constraints they're working with inside. They're not going to, you know, they won't mind that. They don't want to design something that breaks that. No, I mean, no designer wants a, uh, a scope that is you can do whatever you want. I mean, that's actually one of the worst things you can have. Mm. You've got to have the constraints. You've got to say that this is some structure to work within. Otherwise, you just have no direction. And then once you've given them those two, so give them the freedom, let them know constraints, and then within that, like, try and stay out of the way. Like, let, let, them, let them get on with it. Um, you know, sh- show interest, but it, that's, that's then... That's then their responsibility. You've done your bit. You've set the, you know, you've set the stage for them to do their work, and then it's time to kind of sit back and, uh, well, wait for the world's best design to appear. I suppose I can't wait to see it. Well, so where where would you go and find the world's best designer? Um, it would be at wearelighthouse.com. Ah, oh, I, yeah. I hear those guys are good. Yep, um, they had. Former world's best designer, founded by <laughs> him. Oh, all right. Do you remember him? I do. Um, I think he was at the start of the show. He was there, and they have uh, several contenders for the world's best designer. <laughs> it's very hard to tell who's. Yeah, they just want to be a part of the conversation. Where They've hired say, all, all the contenders. It's very contentious these days as well. What with the social medias, yeah. Um, on Twitter, you'll constantly find hashtag. I'm the world's best designer. I've not looked at that those, one. Yet. Those um, those guys and girls are just constantly raving at each other about <laughs> who is and who isn't. <laughs> and you know what I say? Let's just design something, guys. Let's just <laughs> make a site, make a product. Don't worry about who's the best. But they, but they do worry very much. Yeah, that's quite strange behaviour. Exactly. Uh, but yes, you can find the world's best designers um, at wearelighthouse.com. Yeah. And yeah, and we'll, I suppose we'll see you next time. We will. Thanks for listening. If you want more product leadership content, then head over to the Lighthouse site, wearelighthouse.com, for more podcasts and blogs. To find out more about our product leadership framework, check out wearelighthouse.com forward slash PLF. Find us on Twitter using at wearelighthouse. And if you've enjoyed the show, then we'd love a rating in iTunes to help spread the word. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to see the archive and get any future shows. Until next time, we'll see you then.